You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello, and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today, the topic of our podcast is sitting in the belly of the whale. Now, I knew the story of Jonah and the whale, mostly from children's Bible stories from when I was a little girl. God called to Jonah one day and told him to go preach to Nineveh because the people were very wicked. Jonah hated this idea because Nineveh was one of Israel's greatest enemies, and Jonah wanted nothing to do with preaching to them. So Jonah tried to run away from God in the opposite direction of Nineveh and headed by boat to Tarshish. God sent a great storm upon the ship. And the men ultimately decided Jonah was to blame, so they threw him overboard. And as soon as they tossed Jonah into the water, the storm stopped. God sent a whale to swallow Jonah and save him from drowning. While in the belly of the whale, Jonah prayed to God for help. He repented. He praised God. For three days, Jonah sat in the belly of the whale. Then God had the whale throw up Jonah onto the shores of Nineveh. Jonah preached to Nineveh and warned them to repent before the city is destroyed in 40 days. The people believed Jonah, turned from their wickedness, and God had mercy on them. So he had fulfilled his mission. Now I'm sounding a bit like a minister (laughs) right now, a preacher, but this is an important story. In the story of Jonah and the whale, Jonah was cast into the belly of the whale when he refused his calling, his mission. The time in the belly of the whale was a time for him to reflect on his calling and get in alignment with his true purpose. The belly of the whale is the stage of a hero's journey, which the hero symbolically dies and then must be reborn. The belly of the whale is stage five of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey from his work, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. The belly symbolizes the womb, also a temple. The darkness within represents death, and the hero's emergence parallels the act of birth or rebirth. The hero's story is always one of self-annihilation. The obliteration of the hero's old form and the transformation into something new. When we enter a sacred space, we're leaving the confines of the familiar world 
and undergoing our own metamorphosis. So here we have another story of death and rebirth. Our hero this week is a masculine hero, which is more often depicted in the hero's journey. The masculine hero's journey is a bit different from the feminine journey, as it is the nature of the feminine to go inward and the nature of the masculine to focus outward. So the idea of going deep, reflective, interpersonal and spiritual work for a man often happens when the man has hit bottom in his life and he feels a need for guidance. But this podcast is both for men and women because we all go through this dark night of the soul. We all at some point will find ourselves in the belly of the whale. And the hero's journey itself is the journey of death to the old self and rebirth to the new. So in a sense, we're dying to the illusionary world. We're dying to that person we thought we were supposed to be. And we're being reborn to our true innocence, to our true divine nature. Jonah ended up in the belly of the whale after he turned away from his soul's calling, his divine nature. He had a purpose to preach to the wicked, and he didn't want anything to do with this purpose. I could understand that. But God wasn't going to let him get away with running. Ironically, when Jonah was on the ship, there was a great storm and it endangered everyone on the ship. So when one is not following his purpose or a calling, that can affect everyone around him. The crew on the ship knew if they found the source of sin on the ship, and get rid of it, the wild seas would be calm again. So they realized it was Jonah. And in Jonah's refusal to listen to his calling, he took everyone around him down with him. But when he was thrown into the sea, the waters did calm, and those amongst the ship were saved. Now Jonah was also saved from actual death by being swallowed by the whale. Symbolically, he was unwilling to face his dragon, and so his dragon swallowed him whole. The time within the belly of the whale was three days and three nights, which is also a very symbolic time period. Anyone who's gone through an actual dark night of the soul knows that the time within the belly of the whale is much longer than three days. However, three days represents the death and resurrection process that Jesus went through after crucifixion. When we don't listen to our calling or follow the voice within that is guiding us to our true purpose in life, there's a part of us that begins to die. So if we're not growing, we're dying. It's when we're on purpose that we truly come alive. However, this purpose may not be what we do in the world. Our purpose in the moment may 
be to face some part of ourselves that we've been denying. It may be to face some part of our personality or a habit or addiction that we've been unwilling to look at. The narcissist likely gets many calls to redeem himself, but never answers the call and is always running. There's a price to pay for turning away from one's calling, even if that person is a narcissist. But we can't know what sitting in the belly of the whale looks like for any individual. If a narcissist could truly reflect on the error of his ways while in the belly of the whale, he would likely undergo a rebirth and be able to change his behavior. But most narcissistic people never actually end up in the belly of the whale. We have to remember that finding oneself in the belly of the well is actually an opportunity given by God to reflect on one's self. Since narcissistic people rarely self-reflect, they're more likely to drown in the sea than be saved by the whale. Being swallowed by the whale happens when one can no longer avoid his inner demons. He's forced by circumstances of life to face the dragon. He's forced into a period of self-reflection. Now we all have inner demons, aspects of ourselves we don't want to look at, or parts of our lives we struggle with, or secrets we keep from others. It seems like human nature to run from our demons, staying a few steps ahead at all times. But by divine nature, when we trip, we lose those few steps and our demons catch up with us. It's in these times that we need to face what we've been running from, what we've been attempting to escape. Now in Alcoholics Anonymous, it's said that everybody has a bottom and they must hit it before they're ready to face the fact that they're an alcoholic. Everybody's bottom is different, but the bottom is the point where your demons have finally caught up with you. Many of the people I work with are coming out of relationships with narcissists, and the very act of facing the truth about the narcissist is the act of hitting one's bottom. The demon he or she is running from is the truth. So you might ask, why would the truth be a demon? Because the truth, when faced, can hurt like hell. It can be very painful to look at. We run away from the truth. We avoid it. We create fantasies to escape it. Now, the truth itself is not really a demon. The true demon is that which keeps us from the truth such as the fantasy or the lie that we continue to tell ourselves. We so often choose deception because deception is easier than the truth. We may hear an internal voice telling us that a person is lying or deceiving us or something is wrong. But if we were to really listen to that voice, our whole world would have to change. And that can be really frightening. 
As human beings, we get really comfortable with the way things are, and we don't want things to change. Sure, we might want that partner to change and treat us better, but we don't want to face that the partner will never treat us better. And the only way that change will happen is when we leave that, re that relationship or when that relationship falls apart. People who have a problem with obesity want to get slim without changing their lifestyle. And yet a change of lifestyle is the only proven method of lasting change. A drug addict or alcoholic may want to continue to use out the drug or alcohol destroying their lives. They want to be able to manage their usage. The person who hates his or her job wishes for a better situation but may not actually put the effort into creating something more satisfying and so they stay where they are and continue to hate what they're doing. We can dream of a better life, a better relationship, a better job, a better body, a healthier body, more money, a better home, a new car or a computer or kind of possession, but without true effort, we're not likely to have the thing we desire. The deeper we're ingrained in our programs, the more difficult it is for us to change. And since I work in the field of relationships, I'd like to use relationships as an example here. Those who have a pattern of attracting one bad relationship after another need to face the dragon of relationships. There's often one bad relationship that tops all relationships. It may not be that that person we're with is necessarily the worst person we've ever been with, but there comes a time when we just can't run anymore. There comes a time when it isn't so easy to resurrect hope after a relationship falls apart. There comes a time when the lies we've been telling ourselves are exposed. There comes a time where we must face the truth. Facing the truth may involve a slow erosion of old ways, thoughts, and beliefs. And this is the death process that comes as we find ourselves in the belly of the whale. Let's think of the belly of the whale as a dark cocoon in which we are left alone with everything that we've been running from. And there's no longer anywhere to run. We're captured, we're confined. We can't escape the belly of the whale until there is divine grace. And so here we must sit and sit and sit with the thing we've not wanted to sit with. There's no escape this time. It feels like death, and symbolically, it is a death. As we sit in the belly of the whale, we find that the truth we've been running from is that all our external relationships are mirrors of the relationship we have with ourselves. Ouch. The narcissist, for example, shows us all of our beauty in the beginning. We have this beautiful opportunity to celebrate everything that is amazing and incredible and beautiful about ourselves. 
The narcissistic partner sees us in such a beautiful light in the beginning. We can do no wrong. We're perfect in his or her eyes. And therefore, it's so much easier to see ourselves in that beautiful light, to see ourselves as perfect. And perhaps we have a need to believe in our own perfection. We may have a program that tells us that we need to be perfect in order to be loved. And so when a partner comes along and sees us in a perfected light, we believe that now we can truly be loved. But the issue with the narcissist is that he or she is projecting his or her own inner reality onto you. It isn't about you at all. Remember with the narcissist, it's all about them. So when they first meet you, they project an ideal upon you. They do magnify your beauty and project an ideal upon you because their own belief in ideal love causes them to need a blank canvas in which to project the ideal upon. So for a time, you get to be the ideal love. And this is truly seductive and enticing. The narcissist is looking for somebody to rescue them from themselves, from their own dark internal reality. And so they project the hope of their own salvation upon you. You are the one who will save them from themselves. Now, we do the same thing. Those who get involved with the narcissist not only love the idealization phase of the relationship, but may unconsciously be looking for someone to save them from themselves or save them from their feelings of unworthiness. So when you're being idealized, it's a medicine for the feelings of unworthiness. For a time, these feelings might seem to disappear and we can feel really amazing. We feel loved, valued, worthy, important, cared for. We're a match because we both are looking for someone to rescue us from our feelings of unworthiness and inadequacy. And this is where the mirror is. We're both looking for a savior, even though this may be unconscious. We're looking for love to save us from our ideas of ourselves that are not favorable. Once the relationship gets past the honeymoon phase, the feelings that have been kept at bay through this love drug, which causes us to feel high, we begin to settle back into our baseline mood. And for the narcissist, all his inner darkness that he escaped through an intense focus on the other begins to rise up again. This is the pattern, the narcissistic abuse cycle. Those feelings get projected upon the partner just as those intense loving feelings were projected upon the partner in the beginning. So suddenly you're ripped off your pedestal and have fallen from grace. You're no longer idealized. On the contrary, the narcissist goes on a mission of fault finding, looking at you now through a dark lens, picking you apart and looking at you with contempt. Where we make our mistake is that we give the power of our self-worth to someone outside of ourselves. We gave the power to the one who idealized us to make us feel worthy and beautiful. And we gave the power to the one who devalued us to make us feel unworthy and ugly. 
So when we find ourselves in the belly of the whale, we need to face the part of us that gives our power away to others to define us. We're left with ourselves. We need to sit in our own darkness. We need to face the dragon of our fear and our feelings of inadequacy. We need to find out who we really are down here in the deep darkness. And when we emerge from the belly of the well, we hope it is with renewed hope and a sense of ourselves that could not have been gained any other way. Now, in my counseling work with others, I find that the tendency is to continue to focus outward on the other person and be furious that while we are sitting in the belly of the whale, they seem to be sailing off into the sunset, unscathed. It's like you were the one that was thrown overboard. It's like in the story of Jonah and the whale. They saw Jonah as the problem and they threw him overboard. And then the seas calmed, right? So it may feel that's what happened to you. It may feel that you were off sailing into the sunset together and then suddenly out of the blue you were blamed for the problems in the relationship and you were thrown overboard and that person brought somebody new upon the, the sailboat and sailed off into the sunset without you leaving you floundering in the ocean where the whale comes along and swallows you. Doesn't seem quite fair, does it? Now, if you've learned anything from this experience of being with a narcissist, it needs to be that looks are deceiving. Narcissists are all about the deception. They're all about appearances and projecting an idealized image of themselves to the world. But within Life is anything but ideal. Didn't you find this out when you were with them? Didn't you find someone who struggled and suffered and was miserable, wounded, and living in darkness? How, might I ask, did that person magically erect himself or herself from the darkness and go on to live happily ever after with someone else? Now, you were made to believe that their darkness was your fault. You were made to believe that you were the darkness. And now that you are disposed of, they can live in the light with someone who is deserving of them. Now, this is the ultimate deception. The deception is the belief that you are the darkness. And this deception is much easier to believe when you feel that darkness all around you such as when you find yourself in the dark night of the soul, sitting in the belly of the whale. It's dark, foreboding, empty, lonely, and deeply painful. So doesn't it make sense that you feel that you are the darkness? Well, it may make sense, but it isn't true. The narcissist is a magician. He weaves spells based on illusion isn't a magician an illusionist? And illusions can be very hypnotic. 
We can get so caught up in the illusion that we separate from reality. We're no longer living in reality. We're living in the spell weaved by the master manipulator even long after the physical relationship has ended. In the hero's journey, the belly of the whale is the place where we need to reflect on our own separation from our purpose, or rather our own divinity, our divine calling. It's here that you must face who you really are. It's here you must face your own deep feelings of unworthiness that have kept you time and again seeking out a savior to rescue you from yourself. Why is it, you might ask, that only you must sit in the belly of the well and the narcissist gets to go on as if nothing ever happened? Let me present it this way. Only those who are truly connected to God or the divine will ever hear the calling. Only those God has chosen to do his or her work will find themselves in the belly of the whale. Remember in the story of Jonah, the whale was sent to rescue Jonah. The whale wasn't a punishment. It was a rescue effort. Jonah was running from his calling, his own true divine nature. He was running from God, but he was meant for greatness. And God knew the only way for Jonah to face himself was to shut off his exit and leave him alone with himself. Anybody who was not connected to God may have been swallowed by the sea. But in Jonah's case, the whale was his safety. The whale spit him out onto the shore where he was safe. So he had to journey to land in the safety of the whale. But while he was in the whale, he may have felt this was his destiny, to rot away inside the digestive fluids of the whale. So while he was there, it may have seemed like this was his end, this was his demise. What those digestive fluids are actually doing are burning away everything that is false, all the illusions, the false self. And all that is left is the real self, the self that is true and connected to the divine. Being in the belly of the well is very humbling. It may seem that the narcissist has escaped his fate, but the narcissist is terminally stuck in darkness. He or she can never escape from because he or she will never reflect on that darkness and will always project it outward and blame others for where he finds himself or she finds herself. In the end, that darkness will swallow him, but we don't know when or where that end is. It's not our business. Our business is our own journey out of darkness. We need to admit to ourselves that we fell for the illusion. We wanted to believe it. We wanted to believe we could escape our own darkness, our own feelings of worthlessness and inadequacy, and live in the light with the one who hides from the darkness. 
Hiding from the darkness never results in living in the light. The darkness is, is the shadows within us, within our own psyche and subconscious. And the more we run from it, the more we try and hide, the more it gathers strength. And this is not just for some of us, it's for all of us. Nobody gets to escape the shadows that lie within them. Eventually, those shadows will consume us. Drugs, alcohol, sex, food, work, and the search for the perfect relationship are all distractions from the shadows that lie within us. These addictions may numb us for a while, but eventually they catch up to us. Our true nature is to shine. It's to live in the light of God and do what we've come here to do. Be who we've come here to be. It's our true purpose to be the light, to speak our truth, to know ourselves as a child of the divine. We are not the dark, worthless creatures the darkness of the world would have us believe that we are. This is the grand illusion. This is the deception that we've been living under. It's that shame that has been projected onto us, that's been passed down from generation to generation. So let the digestive fluids of the belly of the well burn away this deception and show you the truth of who you are. You are the light. You are the divine living within a human body. You are here for a reason and a purpose. And if you ignore this reason and purpose, sooner or later God will put you in the belly of the whale so that you may discover your true nature. We must die to the old so we may be reborn to the new. And let me tell you that the whole world is going through this right now. Our entire planet is undergoing a metamorphosis. There are so many of us sitting in the belly of the well. We're facing the darkness of humanity right now. We're facing the greatest illusion of all times. We're facing the greatest deception. And it's a deception because the majority of people don't realize what's happening. They're buying the narrative that's being fed to them just as we buy the lies and the narrative of the narcissist until there's something within us that says, I can't do this anymore. There's something wrong. Eventually, the truth comes out. And I'm a big believer in the power of truth. Truth will break through the deception. Truth will expose the lies. And in the end, the truth will set us free. If you feel confused about what the truth is for you, ask for guidance. Ask for divine guidance. Ask for the truth to be revealed. Pray for the truth to find you. In my last podcast, I talked about trusting yourself and your own intuition. This is what we all need to do right now. Don't allow others to tell you what to think or believe. Listen to the still, small voice within and trust that. Go ahead and do your research. Look for information that, that you're guided to look at and trust your own interpretation of that information. And please, don't throw stones at others. 
Don't project your fear and anxiety upon those who don't see things the way that you do. Each person is exactly where they need to be right now. This is a time to have compassion for others and extend love and kindness to others, regardless of where they are or what they believe. We are warriors of truth, not warriors against each other. We stand for what we believe, not stand against each other. Love is the ultimate power here. And if we're not aligned in love, we're in fear and darkness. Remember that we're in the belly of the well, dying to the old, so we can be reborn to the new. Trust the process. It can look dark and ugly while we're in it, but when we find ourselves cast upon the shore, brand new, reborn, and returned to the garden of life, we will understand why we've taken the journey. So thank you so much for listening today. And if you'd like to find out more about my counseling work, please go to NarcissismFree.com. And I want to say that my work is really expanding right now beyond helping people who are coming out of narcissistic relationships. It seems that my work is naturally evolving into helping people to face their own truth, to go through this metamorphosis process, to get to know who they really are and what they truly believe and to stand behind their beliefs. So if you're struggling in any manner, please feel free to reach out. If you're really struggling to know who you are, what your divine calling is, what you're here for, or even how to interpret what's going on in the world right now, how to find your place in this, please consider scheduling a session with me. Once again, I want to thank you for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next podcast.